Hello, Revelation Wellness friends. Thank you for joining us today for the Revelation Wellness podcast as your host, Elisa Keaton, leads us through a brand new Revving the Word episode. Today, Elisa is going to coach us through this workout while teaching on the parables of the treasure, the pearl, and the net. And she is going to ask an important question. Do you count the cost of following Jesus as joy, or can you be bought? Get ready to examine your heart while you move in love with this interval workout. And here's a reminder, signups are happening now for Instructor Training Platoon 29. If you're ready to go deeper, experience more freedom, and help lead others into victory over shame and defeat, Revelation Wellness Instructor Training is your place, even if you don't think you ever want to teach a fitness class. It's about so much more. You can swipe up on the show notes to find out why joining Platoon 29 is possibly for you and download a packet to find out more. We would love to connect with you in all of the places. You can find Revelation Wellness on Instagram, or you can check us out in the show notes to connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or even Pinterest. It's all there. We have so many great free resources to share with you in your faith and fitness journey. We hope you enjoy the workout today and we will see you soon. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. (sighs) Take a breath through your nose possible. So rest your lips together. Take that breath through the nose, out the mouth. You know, that's actually how we were meant to breathe. Through the nose, out the mouth. Now, because we're going to move our body, we're going to increase tension in our body, resistance. You're going to most likely breathe through your mouth a lot more. So at any point today, you can just breathe through your nose on purpose. Remember to do that because when you leave here, that's the state we want you to be in. That you can rest your tongue at the roof of your mouth with your lips closed, not pursed, but closed, resting together, taking your breath through the nose. When we breathe through the nose, we stay more connected to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest. When we exercise, move our bodies, we're purposely pushing into the active part of our nervous system. Not so you can gird up and prepare for war and stay there. So you can slide into rest, peace. So I want you to think of your body right now like a big accordion. <laughs> We're gonna squeeze it together so we can pull it apart and lengthen stuff. We're gonna squeeze it together so we can 
engage, create blood flow and push. And then we're gonna pull, expand, which is why I sure hope you're doing our Be Still and Be Loves. Making purpose of rest in your life, please. Don't come here and just do all the do. You gotta be. Be curious. Be a child. Be restful. Be human. You've heard it. Be a human being, not a human doing. All right. Hi, I'm Elisa. And I'm so excited to be with you. We're gonna keep pressing into the parable of Jesus. Stories that Jesus told. And today we're gonna contract and expand into the story. We have three, three quick stories that Jesus talks about. One is the story of a hidden treasure. Another, a pearl of great value. And finally, the story of a net. All right, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you made us upright and we're upright right now. We have our heads stacked over our shoulders, our shoulders over our lungs, our bellies, our breathing, pumping. And for those of us moving our feet, we have feet that move. Thank you that movement is part of your kingdom design, that everything with life moves, expands, contracts. Thank you, God. We're never stuck. We're never stagnant. We're never stale. And we're never without hope. Come and make us more, <laughs> more who you created us to be. Bring us to our original design, God. As we begin to move, soften our hearts. Even as our heart, our muscles are tense and engaged, get into the cracks and crevices of us that we've guarded, we've, we've been rigid about. Take the flow of our bodies and cover it in the blood of Jesus. We ask for new life new life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, on a scale of one to 10 today, five is anything higher than a five, you're, you're moving your body. Let's be a six or a seven right now. Okay, Matthew 13, verse 40, 44, stories. This is a story. He tells three quick little stories. Remember, our brains like stories. When you were a kid, you didn't say, Mama, tell me some facts, some good night facts. Tell me a good night story. Stories woven together with facts are likely to stick, make the facts more applicable to our life. The 
parables of Jesus are fun for those who are seeking to find more Jesus, but frustrating to those who want him to just fix the problem. I don't got time for this. All right? Come on. My favorite concept later is to remember, Jesus wasted time all the time. You know where he would waste it the most? On people. He wasted time. Turns out you can do that when you're the author of time. When your father is a father of time. So, parables are fun for those who are seeking to find more Jesus, like an Easter egg hunt. And frustrating those who want him to just fix the problem already. Stories can be seen as, seen as time wasters. But Jesus always, always had time. Here we go. Starting in verse 44 of Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. is no longer with the crowds. In verse 36, we hear he went into the house and the disciples asked him to explain the parable of the weeds, which I haven't covered so far. We're going to refer to it today because Jesus refers to it when he talks about this net. So see the scene just the disciples being a disciple of god comes with privileges 
access to the heart of God and knowledge the heart of God. It's really important. And disciples, they know they get more of God. They know they're not on the outer courts. They're in the inner courts. They're in. He's called us friends. <laughs> He's a good friend. He's better than any friend, any father you've ever known. But faith is frustrating to the people that just want God to fix it. Come on. So Jesus explains the parable of the parable of the weeds, and then he goes on to explain even more. His followers get more understanding into the kingdom of God than his fans. His followers get more understanding, wisdom, knowledge into the kingdom of God and his fans. Alright. So, remember the story or the parable, what's the point? Not us. <laughs> we are not the point. Revealing what the kingdom of heaven is like. For these three, this is it. Because Jesus says, the kingdom of his life, the kingdom of heaven is like, accelerate, push to an eight. Come on, take that breath through your nose, come on. Revitalize, recreate, which is really recreate. Come on. Let God recreate you. Reform your heart as you recreate. Pull back. Okay. The kingdom of heaven. That's the subject of this story. What Jesus is trying to teach. So lift your head. Look up because there's a kingdom over you and it is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up then in his joy he goes and sells all all that he has and buys that field accelerate All right. Now it's most likely that the man is a worker working in his master's field. He's not just out randomly searching for treasure with his metal detector. <laughs> no, he's doing a job, living life on earth and just going about his daily living, <laughs> he comes upon a treasure. And it's been hidden in the field. Now question, why didn't he go 
and tell the owner of the field what he found, right? That's what we would think. Well, he, you know, my flesh goes, well, he kind of stole it. Didn't belong to him. It's in a field that even if he was a stranger in the field and not a worker, if his heart was right, he would go pull back, be in seven and a half to an eight. You know, moral living would say, well, at least go tell someone it's not your field because you bought the field. Well, remember, these are stories. So why didn't he go and tell the owner of the field what he found? Let's think about this first. First of all, the man who owned the field didn't know what he had and that it could be bought. Come on. This man didn't know what he had in his field. But this man finds it, covers it back up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And some of you might be thinking, wait, back in Matthew 5, Jesus says, we're the light of the world. Don't cover our light. Isn't this guy hiding something? Oh, but wait. <laughs> this man is being as innocent as a dove and as shrewd as a snake. Come on. You guys, our Jesus is not Mr. Rogers. Come on. He's shrewd. He's more shrewd than the serpent. The man who owns this field doesn't know what he has. And the man didn't steal it. He put it back in, covered it up. Listen, if the owner of the field knew what he had, he might be like, I wonder what they found in my field today. Uh-uh. This man goes in his joy and knows, I have a lazy owner. My owner doesn't know what's there. And he rightfully goes, sells everything in joy, and buys the field. He has ownership. Friends, buy the field. Field one, your body. Buy the field with joy. Sell it all. Throw away the diet books. <laughs> Get rid of all the media that keeps you navel-gazing with joy. You have found something greater, a hidden treasure, a pearl of great value. Come on. Sell it all with joy and buy it. Take ownership of it. Right? This man did not steal it. He did not do anything against the law. He was shrewd. Come on. Ownership. If someone offered you money for what you found in Jesus, would you sell it? Can you be bought? Bless me. Bless me.
point of this verse is selling all that the man had to acquire ownership of the treasure. <laughs> Not only was his purchase wise, but his heart was right. He had joy about selling all that he had. Come back to a seven. Million miles of desert land. <laughs> Having joy about selling all that he had. Friends, goodness, I'm just as guilty of my heart getting stupid. You know, that is really what it means. When Jesus accuses, condemns the righteous people, the the religious people for having calloused hearts. To be callous, the word calloused means to be fat, to be stupid. You're dense, your heart, it's not that your head is thick, your heart is thick. <laughs> Sometimes my heart is fat and I'm stupid of spirit. And I forget, wait a minute. This field, I have ownership, and in my joy, I take all the kingdom. I have all the kingdom. You have all the kingdom. Question, do you count the cost of following Jesus as joy, or can you be bought? Come on. Come on, this is where you get aggressive. If someone comes to steal your treasure, your pearl, oh, your coin, you're gonna show your teeth. <laughs> no, that belongs to me. And you will only know that it belongs to you if you have ownership. You know every inch of your field. You're not, not like this owner that has outsourced the care to someone else and has no idea what they have. This is where you have to have your mouth open to breathe. Come on. Count the cost of following Jesus as joy or can you be bought? I just looked up the Greek word that Jesus chose to use for joy. It's kara. Means cheerfulness. Calm and delight. Come on, calm and delight. Contraction and expansion. Gladness. Joy. Great joy. The cause or occasion for joy. Y'all, joy is not happiness. Joy is not happiness. Say that out loud. Joy is not happiness. Joy is confidence.
you have confidence that God is who he says he is and will do what he said he will do. Own the field. Come on. If you fell off being an eight, come back for 30 seconds. You can do it. Mouth open, eyes focused, shoulders relaxed, press through the earth and get some lift. Nice. Ooh, that's a good time right there. That's joy. <laughs> All right. Pull back to a seven. If you want to be a six, it's all invitation, guys. No have to. You get to. You get to have ownership of your field. I don't own your field. And in your heart is a treasure. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians, that we have this treasure, the gospel, in a jar of clay, a fragile thing called the body. We have ownership. The parable of the pearl. Jesus goes on and says, again. I love that he says again. I bet he doesn't say again like, again, let me say this again. No, he's like, again, let me say this another way. Because this might register. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had. That's right. And he bought it. He bought it. I love that line. He bought it. It's like when you, you tend to think of that as people when they try to fool you and they go, oh, he bought it. I just watched Ferris Bueller day off. <laughs> And there's this moment when he fools his parents that he's sick so he can play hooky. And they walk out the door to leave for work. Ferris rolls over, looks at the camera and says, they bought it. Come on, y'all, we've been buying things that cannot reap us benefits. Buy the kingdom. Invest in more of it today. You will get a return. Come on. I want to see a great cloud of witnesses, angels today. The same angels that are going to sort us at the end of the age. I want them to right now be looking at each other and saying, they bought it. They bought it. They bought it. There is a cost. There is cost you. It'll cost you your knowledge, your dignity, your control, your worldview. You being God, the kingdom will cost you. But there's this merchant in search of something costly. This merchant is looking 
for something costly. And when he finds it, something worth buying, he sold it all and bought it. Push through an eight for one minute, and I ain't gonna fool you. After that, you're gonna have 30 seconds trying to be over an eight. Now, some of you just got scared and you constricted, you shrunk back. Don't do that. Come on. There's room, there's space at an eight. It's comfortably uncomfortable. Hold it. Hold it, contain it. 30 seconds. You came here looking for something worth investing in. Friends, it's more than your health. Push, 30 seconds, go. Come on, spaz out, go. Don't stop, buy it, all of it. Three, two, and one. Woo! Well done. We're gonna recover. Everything from here is under, is seven and under. The kingdom is like a pearl of great value. Unlike the field worker who wasn't necessarily looking for a treasure, he's just going about his day, bang, he finds it. This merchant is looking for an investment. He's looking for something worth buying, something worth investing, and not just something worth investing a little bit of what he has, but all that he has. Come on, guys. Lynn, listen to me. Listen, sin is not content with just a little piece of you. This world doesn't want a little piece of you. It starts a little piece and a little more and a little more and a little more until it literally produces death. It multiplies. I love it. The message version talks about sin gives birth and it gives birth to sin babies. And then they grow and it gives way to death. The kingdom of this world is ruthless. It wants all of you, not just some of you. But we have a kingdom with a king that counters that offer. His kingdom is worth all that you have. So you can own it. You can, you can be an owner in the kingdom of God. 
you can have ownership you can be an heir you can have what the world can never give you so unlike the field worker this merchant is looking for an investment he is looking for fine pearls and he finds one pearl and I love that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like one pearl not a bunch of pearls strung together oh hey look how pretty our church is listen your church is a mess it's probably very messy so when the crap hits the fan and people let you down notice your response a lot of people push away from the table just notice that God is still doing what he said he will do yes great is your faithfulness be all in even when the bombs go off because we're going after the one great pearl not the many pearls all strung together look how beautiful we are that's a subcategory because the beautiful string of pearls the the beauty on earth will not be seen until God finds the people who will sell it all for one great pearl of value, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about God, not its people. He finds one pearl of great value and sells all that he has. Something comes to mind here. You have to note the obvious. What you look for, you find. This man was searching for fine pearls and he found it. One of great value. If you search for God, you will find God. Now the man with the treasure wasn't necessarily searching because God is so kind. He wants you to find him. What will you do? So many people find the treasure in a moment when something kind happened to them. Somebody did something kind, somebody forgave them. Somebody brought a groceries to their, to their kitchen. Somebody did something that they didn't deserve. And so many people walk away from the treasure. Come on, that's why it's important. We are treasure givers. And when we give a treasure to someone, make sure they know where it's from. Come on, it's not you doing it. Say, you know, God told me. God told me, and I, I love him so much, and I trust him. So I'm, I, I want to be free, and I want to set you free, so I'm forgiving. God told me. Not you came upon some great self-help. What you look for, you will find. What are you looking for? If you look for the kingdom, you will find it. And when you find it, Will you be all in for one thing? The one thing is not many friends or much influence. Come on, I, swear, I promise you, this is what God is cleansing his church of. <laughs> he is. There's a lot of people who are in, but not all in. They're in for what God can give them. All in for one thing is one thing, God. 
Are you all in for one thing? God. Because our God is one. If you get God and just God, not his people, not his payment, not his pleasures, just God. And you get everything. This is why Jesus says, hear this, O Israel, our God is one. This man found one pearl of great value, sold all that he had, and bought it. Listen, I love it. Jesus is saying, buy it. Don't rent. Don't Airbnb this thing. Buy it. And when you own it, tend to it. Don't be like the owner who didn't know what they had in their field. Because it would make sense for God to bring someone else along to say, hey, my son or daughter didn't take care of this field. Go ahead and buy it. <laughs> Come on. He's on the throne. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's looking for investors, owners of the kingdom. Verse 47, this is the story of the net. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore, sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels, you know, the same ones that I think are saying, they bought it. Those angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's work backwards. <clears throat> Point one. There is a kingdom of God and there is a kingdom of hell. Hell is real. Jesus talked about this in the seed or the parable of the weeds that some weeds get sown into a field with good seed and at the end of the age the lawbreakers the, the weeds will be burned in the furnace where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth come on there is a furnace there is a hell jesus talks about it again Listen, Jesus talked about hell. And we have a world that's like, let's not talk about that. That's offensive. Listen, buy the field. Don't rent. Don't own a little part of it. If you're going to get all the kingdom of God, all the goodness of God, you have to know there's an opposite. There's an evil one at work on this earth. He was cast down in the very beginning. Lucifer. A created being of God. Let us not forget that. The enemy was created by God for the works of God. And he got prideful. He was more beautiful. He wanted more of what God had. Come on. So he gets cast down into the earth before God said, let there be. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, when God was, there was a heaven and there was the earth. The earth was void. There was nothing. It was the place where God wasn't. Because God was in heaven. 
but there was earth. It was void, darkness, formless. There was darkness over the earth, and the Spirit of God hovered over it. God was still present, but there's nothing going on there. And so the enemy sins against God. Pride against God is sin. And he's cast out of heaven, down to earth, spending who knows how many years walking around or slithering around or whatever he did in the darkness until one day, let there be light. And this world was intended to be heaven on earth, but because we have the same propensity like Satan, a created being, to want to be our own God, we partnered with him and earth turned to hell. Come on. When we say it's going to hell, it's already belonged to hell. Let's redeem it for heaven. Because we have the right. Subdue, have dominion, take it back. Here are the keys, take it back. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. This was most likely a large net that was tied to the shore and then a boat would head out into the waters and then drag the surface. Or think of this net between two boats and then they would drive the boat and just kind of basically bottom scraping. <laughs> right? It was not a very technical way to fish because you would gather up all kinds of waste from the sea, good and bad fish. Hear me, hear me, this is important. The kingdom of God isn't technical, it's practical. That's actually pretty practical. I'm gonna catch the most amount of fish that way, but then I'm gonna have to sort at the end. That's not technical, it's practical. God would rather gather many now and sort later. Because perhaps the good people, the good fish, the righteous will influence the evil and the bad. Come on. Be shrewd and remain innocent. Use nets. Use nets. What's your net? Something you use or do that allows many to get swept up in the kingdom. Minus fitness. Talking about the body and health. That's the net that God gave me. What's your net? It's more obvious than you think. Your smile, your love for people. What ignites your joy? Because it's in that joy you're going to be willing to invest and sell it all. Your net is connected to your joy. And P.S. Don't compare the size of your net with another's. Just use the dang net. Think practically. Think big. And at the end of the age, the angels sort it all out. Thank you, God. Ooh, I'm on fire today, God, for you. You're worth it. You are the treasure. You are the pearl. And you give us nets. Thank you for your kingdom. Conquer our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, donors. And thank you to everyone.
who's in the walking challenge, walking with us 21 days. If you missed it, get in. There's still time. There's, you can still get in. There's a link. Come on, let's not just do this one time. I hear a good message and I don't do anything else the rest of the week. We got you praying every day of the week and in your feet. Let's go. Peace.